3: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre recorded.
1: This is Women to Watch.
4: To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams.
1: Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world.
5: It is for those frightened children who want peace, it is for those voiceless children who
1: want change be inspired by women from across the globe true philanthropy
6: comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given
1: who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams
5: what i know to be true is that women were always meant to lead and by shining a light on those doing it well today my hope is that more women will be inspired to use their own voice
1: Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women To Watch, Sue Rocco.
5: Good evening, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to another week of Women To Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and it's great to be here with all of you. We have another great show lined up for you tonight. Joining me in just a moment is Claudia Post, and Claudia is the founder and CEO of Most Consulting Group, which is a communications and marketing leader in the cannabis industry. Really interesting topic, and in light of the recent news in New Jersey, we'll have a lot to talk about this evening. If you're new to the show and you'd like to learn more about our watch team of on-air contributors, please feel free to email Laura Scotty at Laura at WomenToWatch dot net, and that's Women the number two Watch dot net n e t. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter and download the podcast so you never miss a show. Um, You can also see there are incredible lineup of guests and be the first to know about new markets that we hope to be going into very soon. So now I'm very thrilled and honored to welcome to the show, Claudia Post. Claudia, thanks so much for being here.
7: And thanks so much for having me. I, I appreciate it.
5: Well, I'm happy to have you. I think, gosh, you're you're in a really interesting industry, um, very relevant in the news most every day, and um, I, of course, want to try to dig in and figure out how you ended up leading and founding this company. Um, I know that you were um, brought up here in Philadelphia. Yes. And I know that you know you had a significant uh, group of role models I'll say women around you and both your mom and your grandmothers that had a had a big influence on you can you tell our listeners about them and what your relationship was with each one of them
7: yes of course I think my mother um if I had to say she was a tremendous influence my mother and father opened up a business at uh 16 and 18 north 9th street that's right off of market street back in the day Uh, And it was posts, buttons and bows, everything for the woman who sews. And I grew up seeing walls of buttons, beautiful buttons, if I only had those buttons now. Uh, And my mother and father built this business. My mother went to work every day. Um, It wasn't a break from a manicure. It was their business together. My father did, I would say he was the back office, and my mother would... Uh, be in charge of buying, purchasing the fabrics, the laces, the trimmings, the buttons. They did together. But my mother had extraordinary taste. And anybody in Philadelphia who was a seamstress or a designer knew my mother. As a matter of fact, she did the mummers, if you would believe. She would buy the feathers and the sequins and they bought from my mother and father. What was her name, Claudia, your mom? My mother's name was Florence Florence. Post. Okay. Uh, And, um... It was a very interesting business. I didn't, I was, you know, I remember, and I can close my eyes, the, the ceilings and the walls were exploding with color and, and, and fabrics and all different textures. So that's how I grew up. My mother was a very, she was an intrinsic part of the business. Um. I didn't know that everybody else's mother was, you know, doing that as well. But my mother, of course, in her own little way would say, you know, I'm not at home hanging laundry outside. I'm working <laughs> in town at a business. Yes, okay. Um, and my parents, you know, built this business from nothing. Of course, I come from a long line of pushcart owners, you know, back in the day. Uh, people would sell from a push cart. You, you know, you go to the east. You know the East Side in New York, and my grandmother had a, had my grandmother owned the first Texaco gas station on Marshall Street at well Marshall and Girard, which was a Jewish enclave at that time, and um, my grandfather started it. My grandmother worked there, and um, when my grandfather passed away at a very early age, my grandmother took over the gas station. Now. Who would think of that? You know, it's you're talking about early, early, early 1900s. And um, she was a ball of fire. She would change tires. She would change oil, whatever it had to be done. Wow. Yeah, that was my grandmother. And um, my other grandmother owned a trimming store, so, sort of like what my parents were doing. And she was on Arch Street. And my mother helped my grandmother. And so I come from a long line. Of workers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and for me, it was very—it was a wonderful experience to watch that. I remember. I—I I don't really think I'm sort of like this. I feel like I'm on a couch now, talking to a psychiatrist. But I f- sort of feel like I appreciate so much of it. I've appreciated so much of it in my later years, because when uh, I got divorced, um, I had to draw on some of that DNA, some of that power, some of that electricity, I didn't even know that I had. And um, when I got divorced, you know, of course, I said, okay, well, what am I going to do? I have a master's degree, and I used to say that, and a banana would not support my children. And um,
5: A master's and that, in
7: history, by the way, right? Yes, by the way, yeah. yes, yeah, had nothing to do with, you know, you want to know about Hittites and Sumerians, I'm your girl. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well I was curious how you know you
5: you did you went off and you got a BA a. and a master's in history what were your aspirations then what was I it think that that you I that thought- I wanted
7: to be a college professor oh. uh, I thought that I I love education I love teaching I love mentoring I mean I mean really to my core I feel like I am a teacher and when and actually in a sales situation which I later became a salesperson you are uh, you are establishing the enthusiasm for whatever you're doing to your potential client and you're you understand how to get through to you know whatever walls they have and the same in a classroom and so everything became a classroom to me I mean I'm still doing it now I have people that I'm mentoring, interns, et cetera, in my business, I think that's a great model for people. You know, you take some really bright college students and they're eager to learn and they come to you and I mean the pay of course is de minimis. You don't have to worry about paying like, you know, a big salary. But you pay them something. You give them a stipend for their transportation if they don't have it, and they come, and they're enthusiastic, and they're sponges. So mm-hmm. I'm an educator, I guess, all the way around, and that's what I wanted to do. I actually, truth be told, I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I, I actually took the, the LSATs, and I, my father said, "Well, go talk to my friend, who's a lawyer, was a big lawyer. He's the, whatever, whatever they called that, the." Uh, Something of wills, I forgot, in Philadelphia. He was a big guy. And I went to his office and he started talking to me. He said, Why do you want to become a lawyer? You're only going to get married and have babies. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> that wouldn't fly today. <laughs> no, 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 no. God rest his soul. Bill, that's what he said to me. You sh- you know, ah, forget it. You're going to get married. You're going to, you know, things have changed so dramatically. So anyway, I didn't become a lawyer. And you don't even know where your path is. And now, I mean, you know, first I was in transportation. That has nothing to do with history. And now I'm in a marketing company. It also has nothing to do with history. But right. I I know, but you do learn, you know, you do learn strategic thinking, which I feel is missing today anyway, uh, when you are in school. So tell tell me about the young Claudia Post. I
5: wanna I wanna hear oh. you know, about so you had these mentors in your and yes. the three women in your life and to you it was just normal that you go, you know, you do something, um outside of of the home and something mm-hmm. you know of service and mm-hmm. um what what were you involved in in high school for instance
7: Oh boy okay well I hope nobody that knows me is listening I mean I was a um, I was more engaged in the social aspect of school than I was and I mean I wasn't in band I wasn't in theater was I in I was I was uh I don't even remember. You're talking about 100 years ago. But the thing, <laughs> the thing for me was is that I was always extremely social. Okay. You know, that yep. was me. I was social. But those are skills that you hone to be able to take you into, like, I could go anywhere and talk to anybody and feel absolutely comfortable right? because of that outgoingness of That's me. right. That's yeah. relationship building. It's relationship building. Absolutely. A rapport building, relationship building. You know, curious about other people, asking questions, open ended questions. And the greatest skill is listening you know, that is the greatest skill.
5: Yes. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Claudia Post this evening. She's the founder and CEO of Most Consulting. And, um, I want to, of course, you you know, you mentioned, um, your first company and that was really a big accomplishment. You founded Diamond Transportation, which later, uh, you know, was sold. And, um, tell tell us you know the catalyst for that where did that opportunity present itself
7: oh it's it's just like the rest of my life it's serendipity so i was divorced i had two small children to support i needed a job so i went f- to every agency i applied online and one day i was walking at 17th and JFK and at one point, there were all these stores there, these storefronts there. And one of them was a transportation company. Who knew from transportation? I didn't know. I mean, that was the, that was the beginning of uh, FedEx and all that. And I walked into this place cold. And I said, I'm looking for a job and da-da-da-da-da. And it was a temp agency. And I, from the back, I hear this woman with a New York, very heavy New York accent come in here. I want to talk to you. Okay. So I went back. Anyway, her name was Judy. I will never forget her. And she interviewed me on the spot. She said, we need a salesperson. You'd be perfect. And I I interviewed, I opened up their office in Philadelphia. The name of that company is Adcom Express. It was a reseller of air services, so they could sell you anything. They could sell you FedEx, UPS, Airborne, whatever it was. And all I knew how to do is, I just threw myself into that. I mean, I wasn't trained as a salesperson, um, and then we didn't, ha- we didn't have laptops, we didn't have comput- we had nothing. So I got big boxes of three-by-five cards, and I would make contact with people. I would go through the business journal. I would go through the telephone book under specific verticals, and I would just start calling people, cold, and got names, went out and sold. And I built, in a very short period of time, um, that agency to about mm, fifteen to $20,000 dollars um, in gross revenue biweekly. Okay. Which was unheard of, you know? Right. Right. So, so, um, that was a very, that was my, where I cut my teeth. Okay. Um, in that agency and it was a real training, uh, ground for me.
5: Yeah. You know, those, that kind of cold calling and the ability to, to get someone on the phone and keep them on the phone. That's a very, very, you know, uh, (laughs) valuable skill uh, that our kids couldn't even imagine. That's how we had to do it. Never, never. Listen, we're going to go into our first break. Uh, Stay with us for our watch team. And we'll be back with Claudia post.
1: Now the women to watch health watch.
8: For health watch. I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. We've dealt with COVID for several months, but with cold and flu season coming, get your flu vaccine as soon as possible. If you haven't already, you may be less familiar with the shingles vaccine, the virus varicella zoster, the same virus that causes chickenpox. After chickenpox, the virus stays in your body, causing no symptoms. Later in life, it can become active again, causing a painful rash. Shingles is from the Latin word cingulum, meaning belt or girdle, because the rash usually is in a band or belt like pattern on half of the chest, back, or abdomen. More common after age 50, but can affect people of all ages, especially with a weak immune system from cancer, chemo, transplants, or HIV. Up to 20% of people get shingles in their lifetime. Usually begins with itching, burning, or tingling in an area of the skin on one side of the body, may have fever, headache. Within one or two days, a band of blisters appear, usually on the trunk or on any part of the body. If near the eye, can cause permanent vision loss. Pain can last for several days before the rash appears often worse in older people. Blisters can be open sores, even scar. Lesions dry and crust over in 7 to 10 days and are no longer infectious. The most common complication is burning pain for more than 3 months in 10 to 15% of cases. Usually improves with time. Rarely, Ear pain, facial weakness, meningitis, or stroke syndromes. Shingles can spread by direct contact with the early skin lesions or air droplets, causing chickenpox in someone who's never had chickenpox. It is not possible to catch shingles from another person. Ask your doctor about the shingles vaccine. The CDC states even if you've already had shingles, the vaccine can prevent future occurrences. Zasavax no longer available in the U.S. as of November 18, 2020. The CDC states Shingris is the preferred vaccine and lists people who should not get the vaccine, including those with weak immune systems and pregnant women. So divas, get the vaccine because we like the shingles on your house, not on your skin.
1: Now the women to watch Legal Watch.
9: This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. The last several months have turned the workforce upside down. That's especially true of the legal field. While the industry was making slow moves away from enormous corner offices and consummate suits and ties, the COVID pandemic has proven without a doubt that effective legal work can take place even remotely. It's true that the burden of childcare and added home responsibilities have disproportionately affected women in the workforce, including female lawyers, but Many women are also finding that the forced work from home situation has been a great equalizer. Consider business development. The previous gold standard of box seats at sporting events or theater tickets are no longer an option. Travel to client locations is no longer an option. In-person meetings are no longer required. These barriers to client relationships are gone. For those women and men who are willing to be creative with business development and client relationships, the sky's the limit. The legal support we provide is just as valuable if we're providing it from our kitchen or from a mahogany desk downtown. And now the world can clearly see that. I encourage all you women to watch listeners to reimagine the negative into a positive and use this opportunity as women and especially mothers to pull ahead in the race for success. Join me, Nicole Hitner, your Legal Watch correspondent.
1: This is Women To Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
5: We're back this evening with Claudia Post, the founder and CEO of Most Consulting, and it is a communications and marketing firm here in the Philadelphia area um, whose clients are in the cannabis industry. Um, I, I love the story of how you started this company. Mm -hmm. And of course I know you're the proud mother of Mm -hmm. a renowned glass artist. Mm -hmm. I I like the, the nickname he goes by Snick Barnes Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) who came to you with an idea, gosh, 12 years ago. Has it been 12? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell our listeners, um, what he said to you and how he really kind of got you interested in a field that I think at times can be controversial,
7: right? It was in the beginning, of course. Yeah, Very much so. So my son's real name is Nicholas and his gnome de plume is Snick Barnes, as you said. Now he is a glass artist. He started actually the glass movement here in Philadelphia and influenced a lot of other young people to get into glass blowing in the cannabis space, making originally pipes and bongs and all different kinds of things. Although Nick uh, actually worked with and was mentored by uh, several great classical glass blowers, uh, and I think. Phoenician glass uh, venetian glass pardon me uh, see i'm going back to my history venetian glass <laughs> and uh, you know making goblets etc uh was one of the one of the things that he studied with a great master uh, uh gino uh Taglia-Petti, a great 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 glass artist um and he um came to Philadelphia back from traveling around. He went to Tennessee, blah, blah, blah. And now he comes back to Philadelphia, uh, starts to work uh, in glass and um, fast forward about however many years ago it was. He said to me, mom, you have to get into this business. He said, it's going to blow up and you should be there because you're a business person and that's what the industry needs. And this is just a lot of people, you know, sort of uh, Cheech and Chongi running around. I mean, there were shows, etc. And I went to a few shows, and I met a lot of people, and I came back. I mean, I didn't really have uh, that uh, burning desire to be, you know, uh, a national company, if you will. But that's what happened, and we started selling, and I was very fortunate Again, my uh, intern model, I had an intern two interns at one time. Um, and it was it was great. it was great. And one of them is John Monk, who is my current partner. Um, he was a junior at Temple, Yay Temple. and he um, came to me and he's been working with me I guess going on five years now. and he was one of the people that I mentored. you know I'm the kind of person. Uh, that I I love to impart. Um, if people want to ask me questions and know about what's how my head is working, um, you know I'm happy to do that. I'm not going to run after you, but John was like a sponge, and throughout this time, people that have come to work with me, they're sponges. They want to know a lot. So anyway, um, Nicholas is or Snick Barnes. If you go and find his Instagram or his website, he is the person. Who was responsible for me getting into cannabis all those years ago? So mm-hmm. I was a pioneer, and I mean, everybody's trying to get into it in the last five years. One mm-hmm. year, you know, and they'll say in business since whatever, you know, tw- uh, you know, 2000, you know, uh, I or 2014. I mean, I've been in it for actually m- most of my life because I watched him, you know. In, in the space. So that's how I got it. The original name of the company was Smoke and Hot Solutions. My tagline was, we create the buzz. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, and, it is. <laughs> and then, and then uh, John came to me and he said, well, the industry is changing and maybe we need to be a little bit more elevated uh, in our approach, a little bit more sophisticated. So John's last name is Monk. My last name is Post, and together we're the most. And there you go. That's how Perfect. we came up with. That's how we came up with the name.
5: So tell me, who, you know, in this industry, in this field, there's a lot of different levels. There are a lot of different clients that you could have. For, who was your very first client?
7: Oh, that's a good question. Oh, in this space, who was my very first client? Qu- oh, I became editor of a uh, magazine. Um, and they became really my first client because I would work with them on the PR. I would write and everything else. In the beginning, we had a lot of uh, clients who were of, you know, different industries. Could be a hairdresser, could be a lawyer. I mean, we did all that kind of stuff. And in the industry, we've had a variety of clients. I will tell you that there are growers, people that obviously are, Touching the plant, growing the plant, nurturing the plant. There are processors, people who turn the plant material into liquid gold, distill it, or whatever. On can cannab- on both sides, the CBD side and the THC side. And then, of course, we have people who manufacture widgets. You know, that could be a pipe, that could be a grinder, or non, not plant touching. So we cover the whole gamut of those folks. Uh, Of course, working with people in states where it's legal, you know, the THC part. But we have a lot of CBD clients for whom we do PR, you know, whatever. And we have a lot of dispensaries. As a matter of fact, our first really huge client was the first dispensary here in Philadelphia, Restore. And now he has five or six different locations and is going to go into other states as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So for
5: uh, medicinal purposes, right, these these dispensaries are popping up
7: all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 they are all over. And now what's happening is there is a consolidation. You know, it's like any other industry. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm unique. Well, we're all not unique. I mean, it's been done before. So a lot of other, we call them multi-state operators or MSOs, are buying up smaller store smaller dispensaries adding them in um and the msos they're about i don't know i don't know a dozen big 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 i mean i'm talking a lot of money generated um through these dispensaries are now in you know 15 states or whatever or and so the industry consolidates you know an industry you know expands and contracts and um that's another that's another whole thing that the industry is going through you know the deep pocket people the the, the Budweisers who have infused their beer, or whatever it is or Coors, pardon me, with um, CBD I mean oh, wow
5: I didn't I didn't know oh, that.
7: yeah oh yeah 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 you can find yes. anything with CBD in it now <laughs> yes great so you
5: must have manufacturers that you yes. know the gummy bears and mm-hmm. all the different foods and yep 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 yep. So do you think it's, would you say right now at this time, it's exploding more so than it was 12 years ago when you started?
7: I would say that it's totally different. Every, in 12 years ago, everybody was scrambling around. It, 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 it's a lot more, um, pe- people didn't understand, why do I need marketing? I have money in my right pocket. I move it to my left pocket and everything is happy. You know, they didn't understand. And I used to say, look, I, I'm, whether you go with me or anybody else, there will come a time when the big boys will come into the industry who have very deep pockets and they will blow you away. So if you don't establish your brand now, you know, that's, that's not so good. So right. that was another thing. I mean, and I will tell you one more thing, which I don't even know if I mentioned this to you. Um, I uh, just launched my CBD brand, which is a, uh, we are purveyors of fine cannabis. And remember that cannabis is both THC and CBD. This is CBD, purveyors of fine cannabis for the kitchen and the bar. And so if you want bitters with CBD in in it, I have them. Uh, I have simple syrup with CBD in it. I have flour. I have chocolate chips. I have, oh, my God, an, you know, a, a, an explosion of different products. Um, there are people who are selling singly, you know, one thing or whatever, but I am bringing together and curating uh, like a one-stop shop for bar and kitchen. So
5: there you go. That's awesome. Now, tell me, I I thought I um, saw an interview you did recently and you shared some news about a brand new delivery
7: service. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
5: All right. Tell us about that, because I I know that that was probably not easy to do because there's a lot of restrictions,
7: obviously. Yes. Many, many regulations. So
5: many regulations.
7: Mm -hmm. This is a very highly regulated business. So let's just take the dispensary and we wanna do a billboard or we wanna do anything, we have to send that verbiage to the Department of Health
5: for oh, approval. Wow.
7: Mm-hmm. Okay. Very yeah. restricted. Of course, Pennsylvania is, you know, I don't have to tell you about Pennsylvania, but if you wanna do it, any kind of advertising, there are certain things that you can and cannot say on both sides. You can't talk about uh, medical marijuana that way. You can't talk about CBD. You, there's, there are highly restricted. Now, in terms of the delivery service, which is called Scarlet Express, I'm in the process of seeking investors. So anybody out there that wants to invest in a delivery service, I have some people on board now. The thing about me is that I understand delivery. I did it for 20 years. Uh, you know, And I have friends all across the country. So my idea is I will start the model here in Philadelphia, and I will scale everywhere. And uh, there are very few people that understand the scaling aspect of this. And so I've taken a really core skill set of mine, which is delivery, transportation, and now almost 12 years in cannabis, and I'm putting them together in Scarlet Express. And I'm really excited about that because I'm a problem solver and, you know, somebody needs their medicine, get it to them right away. This, this, you know, it, it, it just speaks to all and every part of me. So the name of the company is Scarlet Express and um, my website has not launched yet because we haven't really launched because I'm, I'm out uh, you know, hunting money, if you will, mm-hmm. and that's in a whole other process. Yes, oh my God, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yep. Yep. That's yep.
5: that ain't
7: that ain't easy.
5: Are you and, dipping into your you know oh your my, network
7: from your previous company? Oh my! This is why I will be able to scale. Right, right. I will be able to scale because I have friends across the nation, and I will pick up the phone, and I've already done so. California, Massachusetts, Maine, Florida. I mean, I don't have to go on but there is where I will go and scale. So that will be very appealing to multi-state operators because I will open up wherever they want me to be, whereas other people are not doing that, just doing single markets.
5: Yeah. You know what? Uh, we're going to go into another break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about these restrictions, regulations, how you work around all of that. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, also kind of inform the listeners, where is it legal? Where is it? Almo- I, I was looking at a map of the different yes. places right, yes. where mm-hmm. it's absolutely 100% legal. And mm-hmm. of course, it's state by state. So it's absolutely. very confusing, very confusing. Uh, stay with us for our watch team and we'll be back with Claudia Post
1: now the women to watch Finance Watch
10: hi this is Terry and I'm from Fortis Family Office Medicare is the federal health insurance program for people who are 65 or older and certain others with disabilities the 2020 Medicare open enrollment period runs from October 15th through December 7th this is the time when people who are already covered by Medicare can make changes to their coverage To review, Medicare Part A is hospital insurance, Part B is medical insurance, Part D is prescription drug coverage, Part C or Medicare Advantage is an all-in-one alternative to Original Medicare. Supplemental coverage or Medigap, the E through N plans, is extra insurance that pays costs not covered by Original Medicare such as copayments and deductibles. Benefits and costs can vary greatly among the available plans. If you're in a Medicare plan, carefully review your coverage materials during this as you cannot make any changes for 2021 after December 7th. If you like your current coverage and it's still available for 2021, you don't need to take any action. If you'd like to explore other options, the website Medicare Plan Finder makes it easy to compare coverage options and to shop for health plans. If you're not yet enrolled in the program, the transition to Medicare from other types of health insurance can be complicated. For people already signed up for Social Security at age 65, enrollment in Part A and Part B is automatic. But for people who have not yet applied for Social Security, signing up for Medicare requires you to take proactive steps to avoid problems. Failing to sign up for Medicare at the right time can result in costly, permanent, late enrollment penalties. These penalties have become a more significant risk as more people delay retirement, many times staying on employer insurance past age 65. People start thinking about Social Security early, but they often don't think about Medicare until the deadline approaches. We at Fortis remind our clients about the importance of Medicare enrollment well before they retire or turn 65. We encourage you to start planning early and work with a Medicare specialist who can guide you through the process. You can also find information at Medicare.gov. This is Terry. Peace out.
3: If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone. But if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting.
4: Now, the Women To Watch, Nonprofit Watch. Good evening, Women To Watch listeners. I'm Dr. Nakia Owens, Managing Director of Financial Empowerment at the United Way of Greater Philadelphia in Southern New Jersey. I'm excited this evening to share with you another wonderful opportunity. As many of you listeners are aware, the COVID-19 crisis has put millions of small business jobs at risk, and the PA30 Day Fund is helping small businesses keep and reopen their doors with a $3,000 forgivable loan. In order to be considered for this $3,000 loan, the small business must employ at least three to 30 people, be based in Pennsylvania, and in operation for at least one year and owned and operated by a Pennsylvania resident. The application process is very simple and the applicant receives an answer within three business days. The beautiful thing about this loan is it actually does not need to be paid back. It's kind of like a grant. However, if the small business recipient wishes to repay the the loan, then those funds will be used to help another small business. To date, the PA 30 Day Fund has helped over 650 small businesses throughout 62 of the Pennsylvania counties, totaling over $1.9 million. If you are a small business owner and you are in need of this support, please visit www.pa30dayfund.org. Once again, that's www.pa30dayfund.org. And until next time, I'm Dr. Owens, your nonprofit watch.
1: Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210
5: WPHT. Hi there, Sue Rocco here, checking in with one of our past guests. Sunny Beth White is the founder and CEO at Xavier Creative House, and she was with us back in 2013. Sunny, tell our
11: listeners what you've been up to. Thank you, Sue. It's so nice to catch up. I can't believe it's been seven years since we first spoke. At that time, I just launched Xavier Creative House, and since then, we've positioned our marketing agency in the healthcare uh, sector, specializing in pharmaceutical, biotech, and medical device. Um, Our clients today include some of the largest healthcare companies in the world, which is extremely exciting for our team. And I've always wanted to build a company that people would love working for. And I'm really proud to have built a culture driven by our core values and for providing a place where our employees um, can explore and embody their purpose. Uh, Xavier has doubled in size since January. I've structured a core team with strategic partners, and we also have a global talent intelligence network with the most brilliant creative and strategic minds in uh, the industry. And Xavier's become known as being the remedy for brands afflicted by the status quo. And we love working on the edges of the box to provide bold and evocative healthcare solutions. Uh, This past July, we celebrated our lucky number seven years in business, and we've achieved corporate recognition, industry recognition, and high-level milestones, such as ranking on the Inc. 5000 and the 2020 Pharma Voice 100. I'm proud to say we've maintained our women-owned business status all these years, and uh, this past October, we achieved the silver medal for Ecoveda Sustainability Status with a 2050 pledge to make our world a better place. On a personal level, my husband and I have two very active boys, Dylan, who's now eight years old, and Jack, who's five, and a golden retriever puppy named Lucky Louie. And I know, Sue, the last time we spoke, um, we discussed education a little bit, and I've recently gone back to St. Joe's. Um, in their pharmaceutical and healthcare marketing program for a post-master's certificate. And at Xavier, I have a core value called Empowered Mindsets because continuous learning is at the heart of Xavier's core values. And lastly, what I want to share is we've built philanthropy into our business plan. My personal platform is focused on the next generation of leaders Um, really working with young adults who are taking on leadership positions or entrepreneurial endeavors. But mentorship and engagement is just who we are at Xavier. So I know that's a lot that's happened in seven years. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me back and I look forward to staying in touch.
5: All good stuff, Sunny. I wish you continued success. Thanks for checking in and I hope you'll stay in touch with us. Take care.
3: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre recorded.
1: This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of
4: the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams.
1: Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world.
4: It is for those
5: frightened children who want peace, it is for those voiceless children who want change.
1: Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their
6: dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given.
1: Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women To Watch, Sue Rocco. Welcome
5: back, everyone, to the second hour of Women To Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm having a Really interesting conversation this evening with my guest, Claudia Post. Claudia is the founder and CEO of Most Consulting, which is a communications and marketing firm for the cannabis industry uh, based here in Philadelphia. She's the former founder of Diamond Transportation, which um, if you were with us in the first hour, she shared how that one is helping the other. Um, They're getting ready to launch um, a, a transportation piece or arm, I'll say of her company. Um, Claudia, what, one of my questions that I love to ask my guests is always kind of, you know, what is it about you that makes you good at the work that you're doing? And I have a quote here. You said kind of in jest, one time, you know, I'm a problem solver with a touch of ADD. Um, (laughs) Tell me, (laughs) tell me, you know, what, is is it your ability to not only have the desire to solve problems, like you mm-hmm. really that's interesting and fun for you, mm-hmm. um, but the ADD piece is just the ability to to get a lot of things done, you mm-hmm. know, like a phone call prior to this interview and you know what you'll do after.
7: Correct. Um, I well, as you just uh, quoted me, I am a problem solver, and. And that's what gives me the uh, ability to assess situations. And I think, oh, I know rather, that it's also my ability to listen, to walk into a room. If I'm on a sales call or presenting or whatever, I look into the room and I can scan and I can see what I need to pick up, just like you did, Sue, from... A conversation. What are those salient pieces, those nuggets that I need to speak to? And the other thing is, is that I'm able to ask open-ended questions that um, I, I elicit uh, answers. I allow that person to speak to me, and whether they're hopscotching around from different uh, topics, to be able to call through that. Uh, fog and pick out what it is that they really need and then feed it back to them. Um, A lot of people in my position are only interested in hearing themselves talk. Um, I've heard myself for a lot of years. I'm not that interesting uh, to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that interesting to me. I think Um, you are. That's why you're on this show. I think uh, you're interesting. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I want to know about the other person. I want to feel what's important to them. And I think when people are listened to and heard two different things, that they open up, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've, I'm just going to just segue over to some comment of mine, which is today, young people, uh, that's just not a skill that they have. I call it strategic thinking, and it worries me, you know. Um, they don't listen. And first of all, and they sure don't pick up the phone. Everything is on their no. phone. Right. And I, and I mean, how do you know anybody until you're talking to them? It's ridiculous. Right. Right.
5: Yes, absolutely. And I would say, you know, I have two millennials and I, I, ah. they grew up differently um, from me. And it was really important to me as a parent to um, get, get their heads up get them to look up, right? Away from the phone, away from the computer. I mean, that's, it's hard because we, you know, one of the things I always talk about, technology allows us to connect with people from all over the world and it's amazing and and I love it. But at the same time, there's nothing that will beat the eye to eye contact with a human being that allows you to really see who they are. And and I can tell that you're someone who, you know, enjoys that. I know you're a great prospector yes right and and so don't you think it's that human element piece that allows for that that you cannot you cannot have that if you're um, on even on a zoom call which oh, we're no. doing a lot of that today
7: I hate that too but the thing is is that you know it people would say oh isn't that charming? Isn't that delightful? Isn't that person, when they're younger, precocious? Isn't that, you know, today, how do you discern who anybody is? Because you're not sharing the conversation, you know? It's so important.
5: And not only that, the persona that people create for themselves online is, is often completely different from who they are.
7: I agree. I agree 100%.
5: Um, Claudia, in the beginning, the first hour, you mentioned John Monk, who started out as an intern with you and now he's a partner in the company. Tell me why you love working with young people so much.
7: Ah. Well, it's a fresh set of eyes. It's a wonder. It's a watching them understand simple things like, you know, how do you <laughs> how do you write a letter? <laughs> um, I remember or address an envelope.
5: Right. <laughs> Where does the stamp go?
7: Where does the stamp go? <laughs> <laughs> and that is so true. Yes. They don't know. They don't they know don't how to write a letter. They don't know how uh, you know the greeting, the salutation. They don't, they don't know. And right. so I'm using that as a silly example, but it's a true example. Um, for me, uh, again, I go back to my desire to impart uh, knowledge, knowledge, and in my desire to lead by example of how I treat people, um, being able even to have a difficult conversation, being direct. They listen to my sales calls or somebody called me this morning uh, from another country about a product and I was totally candid. And the thing I hear over and over is I, I, I appreciate your, you know, you're being frank and candid you're not dancing around. And so I'm trying to say, you know, you don't have to be angry or belligerent to say your truth. You can just say it. And this is how I feel. And that's what I did. So I think that imparting all of this to folks, young folks, is really important to be a mentor, a model, you know, that kind of stuff for them.
5: Yeah. Okay. So tell me you, because you are gutsy, and you speak your mind, right? And you're confident, yeah. all of those Ugh. things. Tell mm-hmm. me tell me what scares you. What what is something that
7: keeps you up at night? <laughs> Money keeps me up at night. I you know, I say you don't earn your stripes until you've made your first payroll, you know? And I worry because I am responsible for people's lives. I'm responsible for their families. I'm not just responsible for that one person. I'm responsible for whatever it is that goes behind them. I take that very, very seriously. When I had Diamond, I had, oh, my gosh, I mean, hundreds of people. And, you know, meeting a payroll, uh, you know, all of that is daunting. Um, And I took it very, very seriously. It was, you know, it was... uh, I would be the last person, you know. That when people say that, that is true. I would be the last person um, to to take anything, and I actually still am. I like creating. So, what scares me is um, on another personal is not being clear, not you know, treating not treating someone with respect, and not listening. Um, and the other thing that scares me. Oh my goodness, I hate snakes. There you go. (laughs) There you go.
5: You and my husband share that in common. That's very funny. Oh, I hate Um, snakes. (laughs) well speaking of speaking of fear you know i can't do any interviews today without talking about covid Mm -hmm. and how as a company you're pivoting dealing with it Mm -hmm. managing it Mm -hmm. you know how difficult has it been for you in particular someone who is innately social and people oriented Mm -hmm.
7: it's been very difficult i can't go and make a for instance we just opened up Art in the Age. I'll give them a plug. Love. If anybody's, if you've never been and you're in Philadelphia, go on Third Street, like Third and Arch. is called Art in the Age. It is the most fabulous place to buy everything, including uh, additives for uh, wine. And they ha- they have just great things in there. Liquor too. They have a little bar. It's just charming. Anyway, um, that is, um, you know, being able to to address those folks. Um, in a clear way, I would love to go and call on them physically. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do yeah. it. And as yeah. ter- in terms of my team, which also is very, you know, is daunting, these are, most everybody is is young. I am the old man in the sea here. Um, and, you know, <laughs> as long as, you know, I said to them, in You're the, the wisest. You're yes, the, I'm wisest. the wise. Old, yes, I'm the wise old owl. Um, but I said to them, I, you know, what are we going to do? So we, I went, remote right away, and uh, then once the office was shut down, we were paying our rent, and, and then I said, why are we doing this? Uh, I would rather take that money and cycle it back through um, marketing, advertising for ourselves. Um, I think now I just uh, was speaking with a woman in Washington State who loves our the green bar products. And she said, "Our governor has just shut the state down. That means we're not going to be able to be in a retail situation for however long. It is a very scary time. A very scary time.
5: It, it really is. So, you're, where is your office typically? You're-
7: where was it? <laughs> I gave yes. up my off. I gave up my office. It was. You did okay. Yeah, I did. I gave it up. I mean, I couldn't see. Pay- I, like I said, I, I I wouldn't want to know an office building in town now." Nobody's going to go back. I mean, yeah, they're just. It's, it's... going to.
5: Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel?
7: Well, you know, I'm a fan of Dr. Fauci's, despite uh, the man in the White House. Um, I believe that Dr. Fauci knows what he's talking about, and I just read something this morning about uh, Pfizer and the other Moderna, who mm-hmm. have uh, come up with uh, a possible uh, vaccine. Uh, the Problem is, and I was reading the comments. The problem is, is that it has to be one of them. The one from Pfizer has to be kept like in some really, really cold environment. I don't know how we're going to do that. And you have to get two shots. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, you know what? Yeah. If I had a crystal ball, I would say at some point we're going to get through this. What point that is? Nobody knows. I don't. Nobody know.
5: knows. Yeah. No. Um, Listen, we're going to go into our last break. Um, I'm speaking with Claudia Post, again, the founder and CEO of Most Consulting. Stay with us for our watch team, and we will be right back.
1: Now, the women to watch, Military Watch.
12: Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. For the past few weeks, we've taken the time to honor the military community as we continue to recognize National Veterans and Military Families Month this November. Today, I want to highlight one group of service members in particular our disabled veterans. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 4.7 million veterans have a service-connected disability. Moreover, of veterans who have served since 9-11 have a service-connected disability. This is far higher than previous generations. The Institute for Veterans and Military Families suggests a couple of reasons for this alarming statistic. These include advances in battlefield medicine and the rapid evacuations to treatment centers, which has allowed more veterans to survive wounds that would have been fatal in previous wars. Along with military engagement, accessibility is one of the Comcast NBC Universal's core values. We believe that a disability isn't a lack of ability, but a lack of a solution. We are committed to connecting disabled veterans to shared opportunities, not perceived limitations, through the power of technology. I'm proud of our innovative products and technologies that are available to enhance the lives of our wounded warriors. One of these innovations is the Xfinity X1 Eye Control, which Time magazine recognized as one of the best inventions of 2019. With eye control, Xfinity X1 customers with physical disabilities can use their eyes to change the channel, set a recording, or search for a show. Another X1 accessibility feature is the Xfinity Voice Remote which allows users to speak into the remote to change channels, search for shows, and select closed captioning options. Certainly a benefit for our low-sighted customers. If you're interested in learning more about our accessibility features, visit www.xfinity.com forward slash support forward slash accessibility and if you're already an Xfinity customer you can also learn more by saying accessibility into your Xfinity voice remote thanks for listening this week
1: now the women to watch tech
6: watch hi i'm mary manso from pathways consulting group do you have a smart home or smart devices connected to your home network and have concerns of privacy or hacking By 2022, there'll be 63 million American homes that will be classified as a smart home. In addition to our computers and iPads, we're utilizing other smart devices like smart light bulbs, baby monitors, smart alarms, and more. And with these devices come great responsibility to ensure they're secure from the outside world. In an article on Wirecutter, I read, if a hacker can access your smart light bulb and toggle its setting to at home, they might also be able to control your alarm system, making it possible to disable an alarm to slip into your home undetected just by messing with your smart bulb settings. Smart home devices can also expose a home to other security nightmares like access to your wireless network. Some devices store your Wi-Fi password, giving a hacker access to your network's activity, allowing them to snoop on you entering credit card information while shopping online. Now, I know this all sounds scary, but rest assured most hackers are not interested in the common household. They're typically after much grander things. However, you should take precautions. Smart home security starts with your router. This device serves as the main connection between your gadgets and the outside world, so lock your network down with a password, one that's unique and not shared with any other accounts or devices you have. Besides your home network, use unique passwords for everything, including shopping sites you visit. When selecting devices, stick with reputable brands because these companies have the resources to devote to testing and updating security. As an added security measure, reboot smart home devices once a week and update the software on these devices often. Having a smart home has many advantages and is extremely convenient, but I encourage you to do your research to ensure it's locked down and secure. For more information on this topic, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com.
1: Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210
5: WPHT. I'm talking with Claudia Post this evening. Claudia Post is from Philadelphia and based in Philadelphia. She's the founder and CEO of Most Consulting, and they work with clients in the cannabis industry. Um, I have another quote here, Claudia, I wanted to share. You said recently... I'm listening to myself more during COVID than I ever did before.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: How so?
7: You know, I, even in my decision-making, okay, I would sort of not shoot from the hip, but I would react rather than respond. And here in this time, I don't know, something clicked in my head. If somebody asked me something, I may not, say, you know, before I would say, oh yeah, sure, I'll da da da, or what do you think of that? I'm much more pensive and I would say philosophical about my answers. Um, because I've had to make, you know, those decisions along the way. I don't have a problem having hard conversations, but now I realize it has to be on my time not on somebody else's and um, because I have to listen to myself. I have to process before I wasn't really processing. I was just boom, boom, boom. That was, you know, I was just, that wasn't me, but that I think COVID had this whole thing. Of course, we're all questioning why did this happen? And, you know, do you feel like right. it's the end of the world in the beginning? Mm-hmm. It was very depressing, but now I'm, I'm okay. I, every day I get up, I do what I have to do, but listening to myself, more. Mm. In what you need? If, would you say for your well-being? Want, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's not like I'm taking bubble baths every day, but, I, <laughs> but I'm. You know, I'm. I'm more in tune with what I need. I can step back more. Uh, well,
5: when I think when you're home, right, that allows us the freedom to have more flexibility to 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 step away and do something that might just you know, uh, relax us at that moment and then mm-hmm. go get back to the work, you know?
7: If, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, something as mindless as, you know, doing a load of laundry and folding the laundry. I mean, it's a yeah. time to sort of think, what am I thinking about that? The crease wasn't in the right place. No, uh, it's just more that repetitive movement that allows your mind to open up. And I'm also doing a lot of <laughs> deep breathing which also sounds crazy, but, you know, good, strong breaths that allow me to, while I'm exhaling, you know, think a little bit more. The whole thing
13: yeah, of, my, yeah.
7: of listening to my body is, yeah. is very different for me. I didn't listen to, I was so busy doing that I wasn't listening, you know. Well,
5: not only that, wouldn't you say, you know, uh, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, nobody was talking about well-being. They were just saying, you got to go get a job and here's what you have to do and save your money. And right. There -hmm. was no conversation around it. And now it's so often spoken about. I think it's great for our our kids um, that it's okay to understand that if you don't take care of yourself physically, mentally, it doesn't matter what your job or company is.
7: That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
5: um I, I read that small businesses particularly minority and women owned face greater challenges when it comes to accessing capital.
7: oh my um, goodness yes
5: yeah okay so tell me why and and are you you know what would you say to someone who maybe is listening and, and looking for advice in that area
7: sure when I started diamond uh, a friend of mine came to me. And he said, you know, I have faith in you. We're going to open up this business, blah, blah, blah. So we went to the bank, and we we took out $100,000 alone, of course. And then I did what I had to do, uh, which was set up the company, work, get clients, blah, blah, blah. Um, money, <laughs> nobody is neutral about money. I, I don't care who you are. And... Getting a paycheck, or we're calling it whatever it is, is validating, and uh, it means that here's what you did, and here's you know your reward for that. Uh, unfortunately for women, uh, and I will say this about myself, I can't speak for anybody else, but I always thought that I was Buttercup. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that I was. I mean, I didn't know that I wasn't Buttercup, you know, with my little fingers on my cheeks. You can see me now, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, I'm Buttercup, and you should just, you know, I'm not threatening. Oh, my Lord. I I realize now that every, you know, I'm not going to go into this whole gender thing, but I was on the board of directors of every national trade association in transportation. I was only one of two women it was a those boards were national boards, and sitting at a table with 16 guys, and I could go into something a little off color, but I'm not doing that. Um, was a learning for me, you know. Guys that like and understand strong women, embrace me. They love me. I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing. They befriend me. They mentored me. And uh, men who were not secure just didn't know what to do with me because I wasn't uh, sitting and barking, you know. I wasn't a bobblehead. I had an opinion. I I voiced my opinion. It's very difficult, and the access to capital is also very difficult in terms of I became a certified woman-owned business because I thought that that would help bring in other kinds of contracts for my delivery service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that I got, in all those years, I don't think I got one piece of business uh, from being a woman-owned business. As a matter of fact, I had two very, uh, just comes to my mind, unfortunate situations. One was with the school board of Philadelphia and um, one was with several, well, that was a couple of law firms. I had people calling and say, um, <laughs> can we can we use your certification on our uh, proposal? Can we use your name? Can, I even had a woman do that. She used my name because somebody called to check up. Said, I said, I know nothing about this. You see, those kinds of scurrilous acts are repugnant to me, you know, because, sure. I mean, I hate to, I'm just going to say it. I mean, my genitalia doesn't make me any better or worse than anybody else. And it doesn't mean that you should just, you know, use that. Uh, and I was really ugly. I hated that um, because it was benefiting somebody else. Didn't necessarily, I would do anything for anybody if they come to me in, in the right way. Do you, you think it's like better
5: that. now? Do you think it's changed? Would you say now, you mm-hmm. know, in
7: I belong to the Forum of Executive Women. Um, it's very senior people, so senior women. And there is a committee that's been ongoing for 300 years there called Women on Boards. Go look at, go look at the boards. It's better. It's better. Is the Thank. Whoa, thank you. It's the same for, you know, now we have the diversity issue. Okay. It's the same damn thing. And if you listen to uh, black women, uh, or you know anybody they are confronted with the same sort of bias and you know just don't throw me on your board because you need you know to a check woman. The box yep. yeah man that just stinks it just yep. stinks yeah so we I still think we have a long way to go and also that um, I think that sexism ageism all those isms you know why can't you just say okay she, that person is a great business person, not right. that she is a blah blah blah. Whatever mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just where I am in my head right now, but I'll, I'll no, I I find all that anathema. Uh,
5: yes, listen, it, it's it's out there, it's known, and I think because it was a certain way for so long, it's going to take that long to to change people's uh perspectives, but. It, it will happen. We talk about it a lot on the show. I, I see a difference in my kids and, and their views and um, how they don't necessarily notice groups or, or oh, they people don't. in groups.
7: That's a good thing about the, the young people. That's I great. will tell you, they do not. Anything goes. Whether you're gay or you're straight or you're uh, whatever, they don't even see it, which is yeah. a blessing. It's it is. wonderful. It is. But, you know, that's, you know, thank God. But, you know, that generation has had the uh, blessing of, you know, we've, you know, we're the trailblazers. We're the trailblazers for them. there you go there you go
5: yeah listen I want to talk about you know uh, get back to the to the company the business the industry what can you tell us the listeners I'm sure every you know we see headlines in the news but it's a little tricky to follow where is it legal where is it illegal um, where is it headed? You know, uh, if you cross the border from one state to another, can you get in trouble? You know, what is, what's something you can um, fill us in about? Because we did see the news about New Jersey came out this week. And um, apparently it's going to be legal there, I think, fully.
7: Yes. It's yes. Be, it's rec. And so here's what's happening on the East Coast. Of course, we're, we're late here. Um, and now you have New Jersey... Uh, who went fully legal? Uh, Delaware is mixed. Pennsylvania is only um, medicinal. But you have states up and down the East Coast, like Massachusetts, um, and a lot of the western states have been out. There. You know, Vermont is fully legal. Um, Colorado. Colorado. Well, of course, that's out yeah. there in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the western states are. You have North Carolina um, Nevada, of course, those, those are the states, but a lot of the states, um, like here, here's, uh, Wyoming. Why is Wyoming is fully illegal? That's kind of crazy to me, but, you know, they just, uh, I have a friend in New Hampshire, uh, the same kind of thing that's going on in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is mixed, but they don't want to do recreational. You know, so you have legislatures. I mean, and that's why one of the things that we're going to be talking about. As a matter of fact, while I was talking to you, I just got an article that I have to push out for PR for this lame duck session of our legislature here. Who wants to push through some of these onerous um, uh, laws and this whole thing with the state store? So you have to be on top of the politics as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only are you in your own little world. You know, I like in being uh, a business owner, no matter what it is, is that you're in the crow's nest and you can have a good view of the horizon and you can have a good view of what's going on on deck. And you have to have those two views. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you can't be mono-focused, if you will. You have to get a full view of, and a scope of what's going on in your industry, in your world, with your folks, Whatever.
5: Are you the last question? We just have a minute left. You know, sure. I, I, I know that it's being used, CBD, for yes. so many medical re- people who are suffering um, from pain, from different yes. syndromes, diseases. And it, it, I just don't know why people would be against something like that and, and that's <laughs> helping so many people um, as opposed to what kinds of drugs that have bad side effects oh and, my God. and don't work.
7: Absolutely. They'd rather take, uh, sleeping pills, you know, pain pills and all that than a natural solution that works in your body with your, with your, with your receptors in your body. You know, we all have cannabinoid, that's a whole other discussion, but we all have cannabinoids in our bodies. And imagine bathing those cannabinoids in something that's going to augment and supplement the efficacy of those cannabinoids. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. So it mm. takes away your pain. I mean, it does a lot of things. Your anxiety helps you sleep. Uh, many, many, many medicinal, and uh, you know, our our little slogan is make it a double. You put our, t- our uh, infusion in your drink and you're drinking a drink. Bingo, bango. I mean, you know, you don't... Um, negate the plant the plant is a beautiful thing Mm.
5: it's it's fascinating it's interesting and we'll be you know seeing what's to come Claudia thanks so much for taking time to be on the show and share a little bit about your story thank you thank you
1: now the women to watch marketing watch
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Falconio, Chief Marketing Officer of Publicis Health for Women to Watch Marketing Watch. The pandemic has challenged each of us in new, unexpected, and often personal ways. In my professional life, I've seen how the pandemic has impacted the larger marketing ecosystem. But in addition to my front row seat professionally, like everyone, COVID-19 has impacted my life beyond work. My husband has owned a restaurant in the heart of Midtown Manhattan for 25 years and from March to August was forced to shutter his doors for the very first time. According to a report from ABC News, the pandemic threatens to permanently close almost 85% of independent restaurants nationwide, putting 16 million jobs at risk. Though independent restaurants are hardest hit, large chains have had to make their pivots, too, in order to sustain some type of revenue during these times. For example, Chick-fil-A swiftly adapted to new consumer demand, offering new mobile and contactless options. This quick response helped them leap over Burger King and Wendy's to land in third place on the list of top 50 chains, according to Forbes. For better or for worse the restaurant model, and the way we consume food is changing radically. For large chains, loyalty programs, as well as meal kits, delivery, and contactless drive through can make up some of the revenue, but for small businesses, the task is ever more daunting. The sharing of food is an expression of love, community, and friendship. And in our life under the curve world, we aren't eating together in the same ways as before, and a big part of that expression is lost. As we look toward the future, I encourage all of us to remember what it feels like when the local barista remembers how you like your coffee, that bartender who pours your drink just right, and the warmth you experience walking into your favorite neighborhood cafe. If we want our local restaurants to survive post-pandemic, let's commit to doing our part by shopping small and eating local. Until next time, I'm Lynn Falconio for Marketing Lunch.
5: Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women To Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T.
1: Now, Women on the Fly.
5: Hi, Sue Rocco here for our Women on the Fly segment, and I'm with Claudia Post, founder and CEO of Most Consulting.
7: Claudia, how do you start your day? I read. I get up at 5:36 o'clock and I read voraciously until 7:38 o'clock and then I start my day. Excellent. Breathe, What's your breathe. mantra? What is your mantra for stressful moments? Breathe.
5: <laughs> now it's breathe. <laughs> breathe. Are you a planner or more spontaneous? Spontaneous.
7: Where are you typically when inspiration strikes? Oh goodness, could be anywhere could be making uh, dinner could be anywhere but listening to my head capturing that uh, has taken a, a long time you know you have to listen to yourself I could be anywhere doesn't matter a place you've traveled you want to go back oh gosh place I traveled I want to go back um I'd like to go back to Portugal mm, beautiful it's how beautiful do you,
5: how do you unwind do I unwind <laughs> my guess is you read a book. Yeah. Oh, I,
7: I'm always right. I listen. I listen to books. Um, I I speak to my friends because loo- I don't want to lose that connection. Um, mm. And uh, on the weekends, I cook.
5: What's your definition of feminism?
7: My definition of feminism is uh, an independent thinker.
5: Three words that describe you.
7: Oh, God. Tenacious. Bodacious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, spirited.
5: There you go. Last question. Last one. How do you end your day? I
7: flop down on my couch and say, Whoo, that's what I do. <laughs> that's Nothing it. Glamorous. Thanks, Claudia. Thank you. Bye-bye.
5: next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast.
13: I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. Have you noticed there's so much unnecessary suffering because we believe life is supposed to be happy, fun, and good all the time? Rainbows and butterflies like everyone's life looks like on Facebook. But it's not. 50% of the time, it's challenging. But where we suffer is by resisting this belief. We argue with reality and we compare ourselves constantly. Humanness doesn't mean good and happy all the time. You see, I teach this mindset strategy where 50-50 is a mental construct way of looking at our emotional lives in the world. By accepting life as 50-50, you'll deal with challenges with much less stress. But most of the time we are confused why we're not at 100% normal and happy all the time. We often think that there shouldn't be these things like addiction or abuse in the world, but there is. When we understand that life is made up of contrast, so the negative and positive balance, then we aren't so devastated by the negative and we aren't adding more negativity by resisting it. What matters to me is that can this theory serve you? And what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to embrace the contrast in the world as a human experience and not a terrible thing, but as the negative being part of the deal. And don't make this misunderstanding that accepting bad things or bad days or bad people means you're indifferent. No, not at all. Accepting it doesn't mean you condone it. For instance, death. It's inevitable. We accept it, but we don't want it. We don't condone it. You suffer less when you understand and live into all the experiences of your life. Your fighting reality is what's causing the pain. When I have a bad day or a bad meeting, I can manage it better. I now say the next one's going to be a good one. And I want you to get to a place where you accept that 50% of life is negative and negativity is part of life. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner.
5: That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my interview with international poet and author of The She Book, Tanya Markle. Thanks so much to our Watch team and all of you for joining this evening. Have a great week, everyone.
3: Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. Announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre recorded.